banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. We will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. War, oil prices, politics, and climate change. Russia's attack on Ukraine reminds us that energy policy tied to oil and natural gas means a vulnerable economy. The pain at the pump is real. So what does this latest geopolitical energy shock mean for the president's climate agenda? Lisa Friedman wrote about this for the New York Times. Hey, Lisa, welcome to ClimateCast. Hi, thanks for having me. So President Biden called the war Putin's gas price increase this week. Uh, That sounds like pretty good political branding. Bigger picture, how should we evaluate the link between war in Ukraine and rising energy prices? You know, gas prices were already on the rise before Russia invaded Ukraine. The, The markets were coping with increased demand as people emerged from from pandemic lockdowns. But Russia's invasion in late February caused the price of crude to skyrocket. It approached $130 a barrel this week. And on Tuesday, President Biden announced that the United States would ban oil imports from Russia. Before the war, Russia produced about one out of every 10 barrels of oil that the world consumed. Very little of that went to the United States. But still, oil is priced on the global commodity market, so the loss of Russian oil affects oil prices in the United States and everywhere else around the globe, no matter where it's used. So oil prices are spiking. Some are calling for more drilling in the U.S., but production has actually increased on the Biden administration. Looks like it may hit a record high next year. What's the context here? It's complicated. President Biden, when he took office, Uh, paused new oil and gas leases on federal lands and waters. Industry and Republican-led states sued, and they won. There has since been a complicated and conflicting set of legal decisions around this, but the bottom line is that the oil industry wants the Biden administration to offer more leases on federal lands and waters. The industry currently has about 9,000 approved permits on public federal land, so this seems to be a case of the industry hoping to use this moment to do something that they have been wanting to do for a long time. And of course, the flip side of that, Lisa, is that people are saying, look, this is a great opportunity to be more aggressive about transitioning to renewable energy. Uh, The president hasn't really mentioned that. Obviously, there's a lot going on with the war. What do you think is going on there? You know, there is certainly an argument that countries could greatly reduce their vulnerability to these wild swings in the oil and gas markets by shifting to cleaner sources of energy. That also is the <laughs> is what needs to happen to fight climate change. But that transition is going to take a lot of time. So, you know, right now what you're hearing is governments focused very urgently on this short-term need to alleviate energy shocks and are asking the industry to boost global production to replace the, the millions of barrels a day that Russia has historically exported. But they're also being clear that this is going to happen at the same time as a longer-term transition to clean energy. There's a lot up in the air here these days, politically and geopolitically. How do you best see this playing out in the next few months with regard to the president's climate agenda? Um, You know, certainly we're going to see Democrats push to move forward on that. But the walls are closing in around the president's efforts to address climate change, his primary legislative tool has not passed. It is unclear when it will pass. We also have a case pending in the Supreme Court that could restrict the EPA's ability to reduce emissions from the power sector. That's our second biggest 
source of emissions in the United States. So, uh, you know, there seems to be a real hunt on in the administration to see what the United States can do to draw down emissions without these major tools. Lisa Friedman with the New York Times, thanks so much for your perspective on ClimateCast today. Thanks so much for having me. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutner.